Hey there, folks. This is Tavon Allen, host of Comedy Above the Pub. It's Cat P. Do you mean the pub is fake? The guests are real, virtual, but real. Yes, we're back after our break. Uh, just in time for me to take a quick vacation and get COVID. And COVID shows up in this episode. It might also show up in this intro. First of all, I'm going to bring in my producer, Darcy Finder. How are you? Better than you, Todd. Yeah. Yeah, we hear that in this episode. But we also hear uh, from one of my favorite people on the planet, one of my favorite scratch DJs on the planet, one of my favorite cartoonists on the planet. Um, there's not a lot of space on this planet that I don't like with him in it. I don't know what that sentence meant, but here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, Eric Sam, but you might know him as Kid Koala. How are you, sir? I'm great. Thank you for having me. It is, uh, it's always a pleasure having you on. It's always a pleasure going to your shows. Your latest show, which you're touring with, uh, I'll let you describe it. It's The Mosquito Who Has a Tale to Tell. What's it called? What's the name of that show again? What is it? It's called The Storyville Mosquito. Storyville Mosquito. That's it. Um, we talk at length about the production of this. And it sounds like, like we, we talk about this in the show. Every single show you do just gets bigger and bigger. And this one is like, as you describe it, a culmination of three things to shortcut, which then just became this huge, long, my God, <laughs> I can't wait to see it. Um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to take anything away from it. it all is, in the name of fun. All in the name of fun. It is it, it, like just the brief description that we have in the episode is fantastic. I will not spoil it. Um, it's a fantastic show. People can see where it's going to be performed. Most recently, it's coming up in Toronto. Is that right? Uh, what are the dates for Toronto? October 20th to 23rd at the Bluma Appel Theater. There you go. Uh, you pronounce that perfectly. That's great. Um, uh, as well, if you go to kidkoala.com slash tour, you can see all the other dates, including Taipei, Taiwan, and Nashville. Nashville. Um it's important to do that in, the, in that order so the tour builds. Um, <laughs> what what do we talk about? This Nashville's great, I'm sure. Um, uh, we talk about your time with Bullfrog. What's that? We talk about your time with Bullfrog in this episode. Yes. That's the, uh, the band that I played with. Mm -hmm. uh, we talk about uh, artwork. Yes. Uh, we talk about short attention spans. Sh yes, yeah, short attention span. Where did that come from? That's one of the mm -hmm. things. And kaijus. Kaijus. Yes. And um, sampling sneezes and dirty pickup lines. Is there? We answer that question. Um, Eric slash Kit, Mr. Koala. May I call you Kid? Kid. Um, fantastic having you as always. Thank you so much. Let's let people listen to this now. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, here's Eric. Here's Darcy. Here's me. And here's the music that starts the whole damn thing. Look at you. Sweet. How's it going? I am fine. How are you? You're in, you're in Ottawa now. Yes. Correct. Wow. Cool. Correct. You did that right at the beginning of the pandemic. Right at the beginning of the pandemic, which did yes. not affect me then. Uh, but yeah. I can I can tell you guys, uh, it's good that we're doing this remote because what has two lines and fucked up my Thanksgiving? <laughs> you finally got it. I finally got it. Oh, well done. Uh, it is Wait, it is, now. It is crawling on me as we speak. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, Remote it is. Well, here's the, here's the thing. Uh, so apparently I was, I was looking at this, uh, and, 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 and so is my wife who has been giving me updates from, Hey, if you look at this article, uh, it says you're fine. But if you look at this one, it says you're going to die in a week. So we really didn't know which way to go. Um, the CDC says after five days, you're probably not contagious. 
with a mild case. And thankfully mine was. I didn't lose uh I didn't lose uh taste or smell, okay. which was great during Thanksgiving cooking. That was fantastic. Um lot like I will be fine. I'll just be sitting there and suddenly I will cough like something needs to leave my body. Like it is <laughs> It feels it feels like something clawing its way up my esophagus going, well, this I can't stay here anymore. I don't know. You sure it's not a tapeworm? You know, it's interesting you say that. Because <laughs> while I was on vacation, there was a moment where they said, have you ever tried raw pork? And I went, I guess today's the day. So, <laughs> so there it is. Uh, Eric, uh, have, have you have you suffered this yet? Have you gotten this? Because you have done a ton of live shows. I can only imagine you've had it five times or something. I I caught it at a family wedding. There you go. Beautiful. Not at the live shows, mm-hmm. actually. But, um, yeah. At a family wedding. Where was this? When was it? Take me through the Calgary. Details. Calgary. Ah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> We were, it just, yeah, <laughs> it was a great, we had to, we had to be there, obviously. Yes. It was a, it was a wonderful yeah. event. Sure. Um, and, and, uh, yeah, then the morning after the, the morning after the reception, we got news that, that, the bride's parents uh-huh. and then within a week, I think everybody right. did. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. How swell. Um, but the wedding was great. Sure. It was, I, you know, yeah. <laughs> Are we going to talk about COVID the whole time? <laughs> is that what this is about? Yeah, basically, is this is about COVID. I, I, I should have told you uh, uh, CATP stands for COVID, uh, all the uh, present, you know, always present, always the present. Darcy, you had it. Yeah, I had it. Yeah. Um, mine came, I see, I got the exotic variant. Uh, mine, mine came from Europe because I had, I had just traveled back from, from Italy from vacation and it was the drive back to Ottawa. I was like three quarters away here and I'm, huh, I guess I'm getting a cold, you know, colds that are common now, you know, you know, that really big cold that's just going everywhere. (laughs) And then, uh. And then I had the thing where it's just like, okay, so I'll do the test because I felt it getting worse. I did the test and I don't know about you, but I had the first test. It was, it was all solid. First line, first line. I'm like, oh, great. And then you look a little closer and there's a thin little line and you just go, I wonder what that means. Mm-hmm. So then you look it up and it goes, <coughs> hey, look who's joining us. I believe you two know each other. By the way, when I get into a coughing pit, I'm just going to mute. Okay. <laughs> They actually make pot. I've been in some radio stations that have actual cough buttons. Yes, they cough on them and everything, which works. Get you one of those. Well, it works. It works in this setting, obviously, because that works out. What doesn't work is when you see those cough buttons and everyone's in the same studio anyway. Oh right. <laughs> oh, there's now coughing fit now, Todd. Eric, do you remember Kari? What's up? Ready. How are you? <laughs> Kari taught me. I still remember this. <laughs> you know what this is? Paradiddles. Right? Taught me that in 1992, was it? Yeah. 1992. Oh That's what so is... funny. 
Yeah, you taught me the, you taught me drum rudiments and you taught me what a paradiddle was. And in fact, the first, interestingly enough, the first um, track that I ever released on vinyl has a paradiddle in it. Come yeah, on. I know. Amazing. It was a turntable paradiddle. I figured out how to do it on turntables. Oh, yeah. That would be perfect. See, there, like, like what are you guys? No, no, no. There's there's two things I kind of forgot about this engagement. One being, hello, Kari, first of all, for the Hi. listener and for, <laughs> for everyone. This is Kari. I forgot that you and Eric have a backstory in uh, a, a yes. history. And uh, secondly, I forgot that Eric is just a musical genius who will throw things everywhere. <laughs> and so it's like... Eric will just find like this one thing and go, Oh, I'm going to build an entire song around that. It's like, it'll be the sound of like a door going, and then that's like, Oh, I got my rhythm track. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> it all starts with the spark. So go, go into this. Where did you two, where did uh, you two meet? Uh, we were on the same floor of the same dorm. Okay. So there, it was called yeah. McConnell Hall. And there was <laughs> yeah. six. We were on the sixth floor, right? Yes, we were. There was maybe uh, eighteen of us on that Eric, on look, the floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look what I have. What's this? Oh, oh, come on! That's a rare one. <laughs> See, that is worth the cost <laughs> of Patreon alone. Yeah, and I'm a hoarder, so I. Oh, I mean, McConnell Hall. Okay, so when, so yes, I did a caricature of everybody. That is all. Okay, so where's, so hang on, where's Kari and where's you on that shirt? I think I have drumsticks. In yeah, you must have okay. drumsticks. Okay. So, did you have dr- did you have drums in your room? I don't remember. I eventually you did. did. Yeah, I. That's right. I got a little drum kit. I was, I was that neighbor in the door. <laughs> 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 Eric, Eric, you've got your little like jester's hat on. And I have my little oh, that's record. Fun. And the record, yes. Oh, I didn't. I, yeah, I had a turntable. I had maybe two or three crates of records at okay. the time, and a little drum kit. And they call yeah. my room was on the edge that was on the far end of the building, and right. they call yeah. it bowling alley room because it was really long and skinny. Right. But I pretty much pushed my. It comes with because. a bed. I pushed my cot or bed. Mm-hmm. Over to where um, the drawer unit, the, the cabinet was. Right. I kind of ate up that space, but it meant I had a little jam space there. Did you? And you didn't have a roommate, did you? No, no, no. Well, okay. we were. We okay. all had individual, but we had to share. At least on the art, yeah. Each side of the floor had to share a right. bathroom. Okay. With seven other people. <laughs> Kari, where are you on the shirt? I'm right here. Where is this? I'm Let's see. Where I just found myself. Did you turn it? Oh here, here, here. Okay, okay. Let's see. Let's hold it up to the camera. Which one are you? This one right here. Oh, the girl with the drumsticks. The drumsticks. Okay. You still playing, Kari? Let's see those drums. No. 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 Yeah. You lend me a Dave Michael VHS tape or something. You study this. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh man. And I was trying to figure out mm-hmm. yeah, again how to translate that to turntables for a second. Right. I had I had yeah. some amazing teachers and stuff, so I don't know. I mean, I only had I... one drum teacher, and it was you. And you only gave me <laughs> Jesus. You me the paradiddle, but you know, I still use it. Okay. So <laughs> so talk talk to me like I'm five and I just bought a drum kit. What's a paradiddle? What Cowrie. 
He goes right, left, right, right, left, right, left, left, right, left, right, right, left, right, left, left. Okay, that's just Nintendo cheat codes. What what are you? Right, left, right, right, left, right, left, left. Yeah. It's it's a paradiddle. Okay. And why do they why do they call that a when you do it faster? Faster kind of has this nice shuffly swing thing going on with the accents. It's all about. I see. Okay. Oh my gosh. Well, fun. I might have to. I might have to bust out some paradiddles at the Storyville Mosquito Show. Yes. Yes. We'll talk about the Mosquito Show in a second. I'll, I mean, I won't, I won't, I won't, I won't uh, keep staying, but like Eric was a year younger than us uh-huh. at, at residence. So Eric was 17. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When we met. Right. And you look the same. <laughs> you, do? You, you do. You haven't no, changed at all. It's funny. I, I did get that i was in tokyo with my wife corinne and right. we were getting tickets for the miyazaki ghibli museum because mm-hmm. obviously big fan of animation miyazaki right and so i was just there in my shorts or whatever baseball cap kind of like away mm-hmm. from the ticket booth and just looking around tripping out and uh my my wife corinne said okay can i get two tickets please and the lady goes okay but how old is he who he's like you're that 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 Uh and and she goes what why she goes well because if he's under 13 it's half off (laughs) so she said 12 (laughs) no she said he's older than me Uh uh-huh yeah um but yes it's a gift it's because i just don't wear clothes that fit ever right so I I I fell into that in Italy because my my wife is a is a lovely woman but has a very very young face and I don't mm. know if you're picking this up on camera I do not have a very very young face <laughs> and so I was constantly being introduced as uh, oh is this is this your your dad <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then when they said husband it just went from uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well. I remember you so well. I have so, so good to see you. I remember being 17. So here's the thing. I bought a bunch of tickets for the BC Boys show at Metropolis. Yes. And I was 17. And we all, well, I don't know if you were in that posse when we, when we headed down, but I remember being I so. traumatized by, I was last in line of our group. Right. And they were checking IDs and I was like, oh, come <laughs> on. They can't, it's just whatever. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's, it's a concert. And I get there, and uh, he says, you can't come in. I was like, no! So I never saw the BC Boys. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, I wasn't there. Which uh, which tour? Everyone, all my friends just go, like, see ya! We did that to a buddy of ours when we were getting into R-rated movies underage. And this is, because we we all kind of, as soon as you hit 16, you're kind of close to 18 in looks, and so it was like, fine. And this is, he wasn't the brightest in the group because we're all going like, and I think it was like going to see Terminator or something. Like it was something cool like that we're going to go see. And uh, like one for Terminator, one for Terminator, one for the adult, adult, adult the entire time. Last guy going in going, can I get a student? <laughs> and he's like, are you a university student? Said, no, high school. And he hands him his ID. It's like... <laughs> You're not 18. Well, can I go in? No. And so he ended up having to watch, like, I don't know, Popeye or something like that. Is this the first Terminator or the second? I think it was the first one. I'm so sorry. I have stuff on the stove, but I'll give it back to uh, (laughs) Tom. So great to see you, Carrie. 
Yay. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kari, for taking over the interview when I couldn't. And I apologize to the audio <laughs> listener who's picking up every single one of my cough fits. That's good. <laughs> I'll see you on Instagram, Eric. Yes. All right. <laughs> Thankfully, you guys are still talking as I'm coughing. So the audio, Darcy, you're going to have some cleanup to do. That's all I'm saying. Um, okay. I made which... a track called Flu Season. Okay. Which which would be very triggering now to people. Uh, I bet. <laughs> Hang on. Need, let's. You want to play a bit of let's, it? Let's see if it's out there. Let's see if I can find it. Okay. I found... Um, every time I would listen to spoken word records, whenever somebody coughed and didn't hit that cough button, mm-hmm. I would just make a note of it. And after about three years of doing that, I had a whole half crate of records with coughs and sneezes on it. Right. Okay, well, here we go. This is the, uh, I, I actually found it. Here we go. And this is... Uh... Our, our idea of what it might sound like if two sick DJs met and talked on the street. The street. The street. The street. The street. The street. <laughs> That was Kid Koala flu season on CHRW (laughs) 94.7 FM, changing the face of radio. Coming up next, we've got some Beastie Boys. (laughs) Coming up next, we've got some Beastie Boys. It's going to really hit hard for Eric over there, sitting there. Kid Koala, never seen him before. That's awesome. So, the mechanics of that did you did you find like vinyl samples of people coughing and sneezing? Yeah. So I had a lot of spoken word records. I just started collecting Uh these. Anything. Sometimes they were uh, universities. Actually, right. uh, Would release these in the the science department. Would release a lot of I don't dissertations on vinyl or something, Mm -hmm. and it would be very dry. monotonous monotone delivery of highly scientific things that I yes, didn't yes, understand. Yes. <laughs> but I would listen to them all. And so sometimes it would be a cough uh-huh. or a sneeze or <clears throat> right. that would actually catch my attention. And I would just write uh-huh. it down and say, oh, side A track mm-hmm. to, you know, about a two millimeters in the beginning, there's a cough. Right. And I would just write that down because I was, I was, you know, part of me, it was a buyer's remorse of uh-huh. why did I buy this record type of thing. You know, I'm not going to find anything on here. And so eventually, yeah, I got to this critical point of having too many cough and sneeze samples and I uh-huh. needed to kind of use them in a track and that's what flu season right. was. Incidentally, it's a great sound yes. to scratch. Uh-huh. It's, it's got a very sharp attack uh-huh. like a snare drum. It's, it's, it's perfect, you know, sound for scratching mm-hmm. really. And I remember actually there is a live version. Uh-huh. Did it once on one t- right. <laughs> the 
on that tour on the oh, short okay. attention span theater tour yeah i have a recording of it somewhere it was um the, the album version is is me layering about six to eight layers of, of these these coughs and sneezes. And and so live, I had my friend DJ Pila from New York and we had um, three turntables each. And so we were we were kind of performing that track live. Right. It was pretty bizarre, but it's a short ditty, you know. So but mm-hmm. again, I don't think I would pull it out in a set now. It's just right. kind of too soon. And, and that and you're, <laughs> you know, like you say, it's like it's got two millimeters here and like like the the there's no it is you are dedicating one entire deck to that noise that you know and drop you drop cue and you put a sticker there or you you draw a line on the center sticker and you would yeah cue it up cut it in you know so it, the the got, short attention the short attention span theater tour yes was that based on the show because i know mark Marin did short attention span theater was it kind of built on that short attention span theater i think came well we called it short attention span audio theater Okay, but I think it came from SCTV, didn't? That's the first time I heard the ah, idea. Okay, wasn't it a uh, like a a bit on well, let's like in the eighties or something like that. Um, it you know it was part of their sketch show of the concept. So yes. when we did the tour, we called it short attention span audio theater. Okay, yeah. the. A the, little nod to SCTV. The three people it's I'm very seeing. Canadian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me the 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 three big names I'm seeing off of uh, the short attention span theater, which was uh, done with a done by HBO and Cinemax, John Stewart, Patty Rossborough, and Mark Marin. Those are the three I got. Huh. Did you check? But, well, I think the one that I'm re- uh, referring to predates that. But if you write okay. SCTV, oh, let's do that. SCTV. You might even find some old YouTube or something. Attention span, short attention span theater number one. That could be it. There we are. Locust of Doom. That sounds swell. I don't know. Hold on. SCTV. Yeah. Maybe it was. Maybe I'm. They also did SNL. You're right. Short term memory. Oh, okay. There's a lot. So there's a there's a, here it is there's a there's a sketch from SNL called Short Term Memory Loss Theater. No, that it's not that. That it doesn't help. Short attention span. Regardless, it's a good tour. <laughs> wow, this is like every you know everybody. Right. It's now we just now that's just, just the this world, episode just drifts off. Yes, this exactly. is like very meta as yeah. we try and look yeah, up. But the short world, attention the world span. is just short attention yeah. span theater now. Anyway, <laughs> all, all these sketch comedy crews are kind of prophesizing right. what would eventually happen to people's yeah attention cut to cut to 30 minutes later in this episode all we're doing is google searches okay check out the lady that died today <laughs> the one that was on murder she wrote check her out angela lansbury what else is she in <laughs> apparently she was in the manchurian candidate and was quite evil that's what i got from today's internet <laughs> that's what i got uh so um, maybe it was four, you remember four on the floor yes yeah the frantics maybe the frantics him, or maybe it was Boot to the head the the it's, it's not a kids in the hall bit i don't it? think so i really think it was that sctv okay like, i'm not sure though right i just you know i just remember short attention so we did the turntable version of that right so the the last I was thinking about it, the last time I thought I had seen you was when you were doing the turntable symphony. 
Oh, the which you salad. which turntable orchestra. Yes, yeah. that's right. The salad. Which fifty turntables in the crowd. Correct. Yes, and I was mystified by that because mm-hmm. I walked. That wasn't in. a very funny show at all. It was not. It, no, but it was. It was so captivating. I'm glad you it enjoyed was, it. It was so because trust me. Eric, I'm gonna I'm leveling with you, and we might have talked about it before because I think we we talked about that. Um, to 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 bring the listener up to speed, so they don't have to go back to the other episode. I walked into that thing ready to hate it. I was just I was ready to go. Oh, he's he's making us do work. Fuck that, you know. I just play drunk trumpet, you asshole. And uh, my hard earned entertainment dollars. I did you not come work. here to work. I came here to get a bottle of Canadian, sit at a table, cross my arms, and nod to the music. That's what I was going to do. And I go in, and then as soon as I see all the turntables and everything, the the doorman says to me, hey, did you want a seat? And I'm like, no, I'm good. You know, because because the, then I was going to have to buddy up with someone. It's like, I don't, I got, all right. I got, I got enough friends. I'm fine. And, uh. And then eventually he was like, okay, we need you to sit down because we need the space. So you either sit down or say, oh, fine, I'll sit down. And then, you know, I was at this table of four and we all just mm-hmm. started like, okay, we'll do this one. And I'll do the, oh, the blue one's up. Get the blue album. Is this, and then all we're right. like all under like, <laughs> is this blue? Get your phone out. Is this, bl- this is blue. Okay. <laughs> Teamwork. Because we didn't, we didn't want to be the asshole playing yellow when it was blue. <laughs> and so for the listener who didn't know, who doesn't know. Eric the entire time is is playing music and scratching and 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 laying down this wonderful thing, but he's got a conductor that br- has broken the room into was it halves like one half? The no, actually, half? every single station has its own uh, wireless code. So right, he could he could assign a different color to any single okay. turntable in the room. Okay, and when that happened, your goal was to try to find that color coordinated record yes there was a set of of harmonic tone mm-hmm. vinyl vinyl at each right um station and play that you mm-hmm. know within a reasonable amount of time right, <laughs> right. <laughs> but it was fun that's how fights broke really out. dark like, <laughs> would you fucking luck. hurry it's gonna go yellow soon it's like so so we, we we work through it and then like you know everyone's like okay it's your turn to scratch now and so like the other person would scratch and stuff like that and i left there's like i was smiling the next day i was so happy with what had happened it was right. so fun and right. i i told you that yeah. <laughs> excuse me it was just like one of the most wonderful things like what what was it that made you think i'm going to make them do it like how how did that come out for you uh, well, similarly, similar to flu season, when I was making the album Satellite, it was a lot of layers of turntables, some sometimes six to eight layers that if I were to perform that live, I would need more arms, <laughs> a lot of coffee or something just to make you know, <laughs> everything up in time. And um, yeah, just... I decided, oh, well, if we task the audience with it, then they can bring the crescendos and bring all the fill in the harmonies and key moments in the songs and right. stuff. And it it became this nice interactive uh-huh. uh, show, you know, and and it sounds I mean, to me, well, from where I'm sitting, I don't know about <laughs> the audience, but it does sound like a, a nice sort of right, you know, choir. Uh-huh. Turn tape. Yeah. 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 
and that was the if I'm if I'm not mistaken because I walked out with um it was music to draw to. That's right. That's what that's what that's what that album was. Um, Winter music. <laughs> which which by the way uh, I have not taken advantage of the blank pages yet. Ah, um, it, <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> it literally sits there going, "Is today the day?" And then there's half of me that goes, "Hey, you know what? I should use it for the intent that it was it was intended." And I should do this. And as shitty as my drawing is, I should just jump in and do it. And then, right. th- then there's the other voice in me that gets, goes, "You don't fuck it up like that." Like that's, <laughs> but it's a sketch. I know, I know, but it's it's pristine and it's nice and it's just I don't know. You uh, you could use it for grocery lists, whatever sure. you want. I mean, it's paper, joke scribbles. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's it. Yeah. Um, and then the I mean, do, you, do you do that thing with the cue cards? Is that is that or is that only a some comics do that? Oh no no no! Okay, so like when they have like a whole wall, so looks like and it it looks like a police station. Like they're trying to connect everything (laughs) to the yarn, right? And then all the yarn leads to the penis in the middle, just like nothing but dick jokes that way. Is that Um, how it works? So okay, it's interesting that you bring that up. Um, because there is a mind mapping exercise you can do where you okay. have like the premise in the middle and then you just like draw out sort of all the, it just helps you organize your thoughts a little bit. So yeah, yeah. there kind of is that aspect to it. Um, hmm. I never have ideas so grandiose that I need to pull out cards. Um, right. but if I'm writing scripts and stuff like that, I'll definitely do that. Okay. Um, well, what's okay? So let's turn it around. How is like, what is your process like when you're coming up with something when you go, okay, that's the sample I want to use? We can go back to, to, uh, well, flu season. if we, if we look at a track like, say, um, Bar Hopper or something, yeah, yeah, I yeah. remember that. Okay. First of all, all these tracks, you know, as bizarre that as they are, I think that the impetus to, to make them comes from real life. Mm-hmm. And so at the time I was, playing with my band bullfrog in right. montreal we were playing a lot of these kind of meat market type places and so <laughs> i remember distinctly that in between the band sets i would just kind of keep things going on the turntables mm-hmm. and then at one point someone was talking to me and i let the record run out and it was one of those records that just drops it's just silent no fade out mm-hmm. or anything so it just drops and at that moment the record's been loud the whole time so the, the noise floor is loud everyone's talking loud and then imagine, if you will, the song ends. I'm nowhere near like ready to play the next record. I was just having a conversation. Right. And I just hear this guy yelling this crazy pickup line. <laughs> it was just so cringy. I, I can't even remember what it was, but everybody in the in the in the club heard it because it, the music just dropped and it was like. Right. <laughs> And then I, I thought, oh, it would be funny because I'd been listening to all these records trying to find little bits that i thought were amusing or strange or bizarre and then again it was accumulating mm-hmm. we're nerding out now right no so no had, this is good I this is had multiple sketchbooks where each page i would just document like like i was saying track three right there's this spoken word bit and mm-hmm. i just listen listen list for volumes and volumes and then at one point i said what am i going to do with all this stuff uh-huh. and, I, and that night i said oh all these weird little little snippets just be the worst pickup lines. Yep. And then, and then once that clicked in, I was like, "Oh, now I need to find the responses to those pickup lines." And then I started <laughs> digging specifically for 
things that would work in the context of being the perfect response to the worst pickup line. Right. And then when I was in the studio, I actually just cut them into strips of paper. Uh huh. And I was just kind of, yeah, you know, like writing a, a dialogue bit for scene right. or something and then just scratching them in that way. And I knew it was working because Carl Bastian, who was my uh, recording engineer at the time, he was behind the the glass, mm-hmm. you know, at the console. And then I had my turntable and we were amping it and all this stuff. And I would, you know, cut in the pickup line and then I would cut in the response. Yeah. And then at one point I looked and I couldn't see it. I was like, where did he go? And he'd fallen off his chair. He was actually on, <laughs> literally on the floor, not breathing, laughing. But I said, okay, we're on to something. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. But that's, that is something that, that you have brought through every single one of your projects. Like, as, like, as when you look at your artwork, when you look at the, like, the, like the cartoons um, and the, the, like the, like just the, the, the makeup and character of your robot that goes mm. through the day uh, mm. and the day that he has. Um, mm. I assume it's a he. I didn't mean to misgender. And uh, the just you, when you see the 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 care that you like the the first kind of prick up the ears that everyone got sort of at my age listening to you was when we heard the um, Monty Python the Holy Grail. Um, oh yeah chariot ride or like like the horse ride (laughs) and then when that was put to a beat we're like well this is someone that we need to be concerned about and (laughs) and that that sense of humor finds its way through and then through drunk trumpet and 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 and, uh uh, song you just mentioned um bar hopper bar hopper yes (laughs) i love by the way i love that bar hopper is based on that moment that we have all had where you're at a party <laughs> and, and everything's loud. And then suddenly, <laughs> you know, it just totally eclipses the heart, just like bails out. And then you're just left standing there going, and the doctor says it's infected. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. There was this long pause before the response. Right. It was just, yeah, it was just a very, very mm-hmm. visceral moment for everybody who got to witness. Right. Happen. And it was uh-huh. real. You know, that's yeah. real. Yeah. It happened. The, the, uh, you, you brought up something and I wanted to bring this up too, because I've seen you with Bullfrog as okay. well. Um, and when, when I saw you, I, it may have been a reunion tour with Bullfrog because mm-hmm. like Bullfrog come first and then you, or you, then Bullfrog or how did it work? Um, I was doing DJ battles first. Okay. As Kid Koala. And then I was, and then I started I joined the band um, kind of shortly after that. Right. And then the band sort of got more momentum. So I was just, be, I was able to play more because mm-hmm. they were, they were booked four nights a week. Right. And so I, I really do credit um, that time is when I learned how to just be on stage in general and okay. how to recover from skipping needles and all that stuff, you know, um, just because we put so many hours in on uh-huh. the road and on, on stage. But, um, yeah, so a reunion to, yeah, I guess we, 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 I don't know, around 2003, we ran till about 2003, it was probably about okay. 94 to 2003. I would have seen Four. you probably near the end of that because I knew you mm-hmm. as Kid Koala 
And then I mm-hmm. saw this thing is like it's kid koala and bullfrog. Right. That they that, that that was how the billing went. And I went, Oh, cool. I get to see Bullfrog, who I've never seen before, and Kid mm-hmm. Koala. I thought it was just gonna be mm-hmm. you. And I didn't realize it was both of this because I had yeah. no idea that you were part of Bullfrog. So right. when everyone comes out and go, This is great, but why the fuck is he with these assholes? Like, why is this <laughs> happening? Is like this is great. Oh, but when does he get when does he get to do the thing? And then it's like and then it was like, Oh, I see. And it's like, because the band, because it felt to me, because my initial thought was, oh, that's cool. They're letting him play with him. It's like, I don't think they're letting him play. It's like literally two songs in. It was like, oh, this was supposed to be like this. I see. Okay. Right, right, right. Yeah. In fact, during those um, heavy show years, I think the first five years, Mm -hmm. we would, yeah, like I was saying, we were playing four, four to five nights a week. It was a very, busy book band first locally then we'd move mm-hmm. to you know toronto ottawa right new york and then eventually started doing loops mm-hmm. around north america yeah. even made it to australia and europe once yeah um but my my whole mo at the time was oh every week it was it started with this tuesday event we were doing it's like every tuesday i gotta have a new um solo or new routine that i was working on and i just would work on that all week and try to put something new together. And, right. and it was, it was good to have that, you know, weekly thing. I imagine it's the same for testing out jokes and stuff. Yep. Right. Um, like you just having that steady deadline mm-hmm. was really helpful to me, you know, when it's yeah. getting started, shove the new shit in the middle and hope it works out. That's all you gotta <laughs> do. Um, what's, what was the reaction to, to you and bullfrog in Europe and Australia? What were those, what were those countries like? Cause Culturally, I find it, it, it those two are very different. It seems like Austra- right. it seems like Europe is like ten years ahead of us, right. and Australia is like ten years behind. Right. Well, I think I would say our repertoire at the time, some of it um, leaned more towards instrumental, weird uh, live rhythm section turntable mm-hmm. stuff, and then some more kind of traditional songs and and soulful stuff and i would say in general i think because it was a ninja tune crowd they were responding more to the instrumental like you know left field things that Mm -hmm. we were doing um but that said i mean in that band there was i was the youngest one in the band right Right. so it's not till now that i realized it's like oh yeah yeah we were doing a sly stone cover you know <laughs> i mean i knew who sly stone was but it was one of those things where it was like oh okay why are we doing a sly stone cover? but at the same time i'm like oh no the, i can i see you know how it connects now right and now it's like one of my most spun records like, like fresh mm-hmm. and uh small talk are two of my favorite albums of all time you know and not for nostalgic reasons just because they're amazing right. albums um, so I learned a lot just as a kid, just being this kind of punk, you know, mm-hmm. scratch kid or whatever, just kind of opening up to the idea of like, oh, there's, there's these things, there's Latin rhythms that you mm-hmm. got to learn. I had to keep up with the drummer and, right. and Joanna, the percussionist, cause she would teach me things and I would try to just keep up with them is really, it's really just getting your butt kicked every night uh-huh. like for <laughs> 10 years. And, but again, I, I, I think that I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade that for anything. It was right. Like, the best you know school for me uh-huh the uh you you have to know for for me following your career as i do it's always me going oh i'm wrong 
Like this, I am, I am constantly going, oh, I've completely misread this. This is what he's trying to do. I see. Okay. <laughs> From Bullfrog That's, to the That Symphony means we got to hire a better uh, press no. agent or oh. somebody to write a better press oh. release. Uh, uh, Eric, trust me, it's not you. <laughs> It is, I am coming in with my own, you know, and just like, this is what I expect. And this is what it is. And then you bridge that nicely. Right. And everything's, everything's great. Um, When, when did animation hit for you? Oh, since I was a kid, I, I I never went to art school, but I did um, go to an animation camp Mm -hmm. one summer. Uh, in when I was in grade school, and there was this place in Vancouver called Arts Umbrella. Okay, and I took a, I, I did this sort of after school animation um, program there. So that was I don't know grade four, grade five. I remember actually drawing in um in the textbooks, like our mm-hmm. math textbooks. Yes, the little character who would you know pole vault and then shoot a basketball or whatever. And we just ruin our textbooks. That well, well, we own the textbook. <laughs> uh-huh. It wasn't one that. I still have it probably somewhere because right. we had to buy them back then. Mm-hmm. It, you know, they were, they were charging us for textbooks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I've always loved animation. I don't know. I think it's, it is one of the most tedious arts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. it's, it's rewarding. There's something about it. That's just very, I don't know. It's, it's still kind of magic to uh-huh. see stuff like move. Mm-hmm. You know, and you do get into a zone, I think, but I'm not, I'm by no, like I hang out with real animators. So right. by now I don't consider myself an animator next to them, but um, I do think that it's the same sort of attention to detail and kind of joy of, of, of creating something out of these tiny slivers of time and sound. Correct. Yes. That's the same. That's the same thing. I just applied it to the recording studio now, but it, right. it requires that type of um, masochistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Ideal, I guess, when it comes to making something. Yeah. Yeah. The um, I, I have to tell you, uh, your your copy, the um, Newfonia must fall mm-hmm. with the CD. Right. I have I have never experienced a more well thought out and more hand in glove artistic combination than those oh. two things. Like as you're reading it, like there's, there's so many things like, like if you're, if you're reading a book or if you're reading a, if you're reading like a graphic novel or something like that, where you've got something else on in the background, right? Yeah. It sometimes occurs that whatever you're listening to by de facto just becomes the soundtrack, whether it's appropriate or not. So like, you know, you're, you're, you're reading fight club, but you're listening to Amy Mann. probably not the best combination. Right. So it'll work though. It might, it might. I gotta, I gotta, you know, we gotta get Amy on the show and ask her. It's like, have you ever thought of a Chuck Palahniuk novel? What the fuck are you talking about? Van Allen? Sorry. My, I've overstepped. Um, but, but to have something that's specifically designed, for the for the thing that you're reading is just it 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 elevate like both things become elevated i found mm. in in the reading and and it it just it flowed perfectly and it was just like a like a wonderful companion piece one becomes a companion piece for the other you know right. what i mean like it's right. really really well done and that must have been a nightmare to do well it was a nightmare because 
that book um, originally started as a, it was a book deal that was offered to me. Mm-hmm. Did I tell you this story already? No, no, no. Okay, may have. So if you shortly did, it's after a Carpal show. Tunnel Syndrome came it. out, I, I got a, I got a book deal offer and I said, well, what does that mean? And they said, well, 10,000 10, words, mm-hmm. 100 page minimum. I said, okay, but about what? And they said, whatever you want. Oh, nice. And I said, what? <laughs> and, and at the time I was doing a lot of touring and I said, well, I guess I could do a kind of, you know, um, DJing for touring, you know, right. DJing for dummies type of handbook or something like how like to do a, your laundry. Like a get in the van, the tell all, something like that. Yeah, yeah. How, how to how to make the veggie plate like work till breakfast the next morning. <laughs> you run out of per diems because you yeah. spent all of it on vinyl. Mm-hmm. So it's a survival yeah. guide. Yeah. Yes. Type, yeah. And, and I started writing that and I got bored to tears mm-hmm. I said, no one's ever gonna read that <laughs> like i don't even want to read it you right. know it's not even you know so then i did i kind of defaulted to drawing just doodling mm-hmm. on a plate mat in a diner and that robot was born and it wasn't until years later that i realized that that whole story was this really elaborate way of getting over the, the a crazy breakup in college is that what it was <laughs> That's what that was about? If you think about it, look, some people are going to go buy like 18 pints of Hagen dazs or go right. hit the gym and they do, oh. you know, I write a 350 page Dude, graphic novel. You don't, you, don't, write love songs. you don't need to tell me I got dumped in college and I won a comedy contest. So there it yeah. is. Yeah. It launched your career in a, in a way it had to be. It, it truly did. Um, yeah. But here's here's something, because I remember. Uh, I, I don't remember the venue. It might have been it, it might have been the Horseshoe or the okay. Riv, one of the two. Right. And you were doing a, 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 a DJ set while someone painted. Oh yeah, Jim Mafood. There you go. Yes. So He's from Arizona, He's like one of the one of my favorite uh, comic book artists yeah. friends. So and we were there for PCAF. That was that's was, right. That's right. Toronto Comic Arts Fest. So so I, I so I got to see the show and. For, for for those of you who don't know, you know, kid was scratching, you know, doing his his normal thing, but then at the side, this guy was drawing and painting, and then once the song was done, he turned. Or no, it was once the show was done, right? Because he worked on this throughout the entire set, as I recall. Right. It wasn't and just then like he, one thing. Did, was there a reveal? And there I wasn't was a actually reveal. watching during the set. What yeah. he was doing. He, okay. he he he! That would have sucked if there was no reveal. Like he just said on stage He's painting. Slowly. All right, <laughs> and right. it was like, okay, <laughs> fuck you guys, gone. It's like takes the painting with him. Um, you have you have always had this. It seems like like you you've always had this connection between visual art and and music. It seems. Yeah. And why why did those two come locked together for you? Storybook records. Yeah. Yeah. Really. My first. Yeah. When I was four or five years old, my mom bought those for me mm-hmm. because they were supposed to help me, you know, foster a love of reading and right. foster a love of listening and all this stuff. And and those those there were little universes in themselves. Mm-hmm. So there was the story, the read along part. Then there was the visuals, the actual illustrations, mm-hmm. and then even within the audio part, there was underscore music there was a mm-hmm. theme song there was vocal acting there was sound effects there was all these things that 
that just made it kind of a richer experience. So I would get lost into those for, you know, hours on it. And as a kid. And so when, it, you know, as an adult, just recording, I'm always thinking about visually what I'm trying to score. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm drawing, I usually have an idea of what the music may or eventually be for it, you know. Right. And I don't know. So to me, it's just kind of how it's wired in my brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of the times it's just uh, sometimes it's the narrative part of it that'll push the musical idea forward. Right. Rather than, oh, I'm just going to pick a chord that works and be like, okay, but what's what's happening in the story here sure. or these characters that I'm going to create in this audio cartoon? Or right. It's, Which is a great segue into the story of the Mosquito. It is. It is. <laughs> now, I, I have to I ask. see what you did there. I walked right into it. Yes. Now, <laughs> bravo. <laughs> I, before I came in, I had my pint of NyQuil, you know, and, and it's... <laughs> Just to make sure the coughs didn't happen. That fucking worked. And then I pried open the bear trap, laid the bait <laughs> right there, and then in you came. <laughs> kind of like the end of the last show that we saw you at, at the now defunct Mod Club, and I am so sad that venue's gone. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah it's I gone. heard about that. It, did, it didn't survive. And just, I remember you walking through the venue in a conga line of, like, all these cartoon characters behind you while you're in your koala suit. Right. It got weird. It yeah. <laughs> yeah, it got very a weird. Foot spider in that show. Yeah. <laughs> Made out of um pool noodles. Yes. <laughs> but you know what? What I learned about that is if you've got fast enough strobe lights, mm-hmm. it just looks like an awesome spider. Oh, for sure it does. Kaiju creature. Yes. Yeah. People don't yes. realize it's pool noodles until you know uh-huh. unless they stay until they turn the lights on. They're right. like, wait a minute. <laughs> it's it's funny you it's funny you mention uh kaiju because i uh one of the last things i watched in italy uh because they have a movie channel but everything's dubbed um mm-hmm. the italian dub version of pacific rim and it's wow <laughs> gorgeous better than the 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 english version you're yes you know you get to okay. boof, you know <laughs> wow I'm going to check it out. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Have you, you've yeah. seen Pacific Rim, yes? Of course. Yes. Guillermo del Toro. You're talking about the first one? Yes, of course. Yes. Yes. It's, it's Dude, the- if you ever get a chance. Didn't, oh, wait. Did he do his uh, museum installation thing? Oh. In with the, um, you need to see that next time it happens, no matter where it the is. The actual museum installation? It was. I heard it was. Was it at AGO or something? that I okay. saw it. At, uh, when we were in Mexico, they had it at in Guadalajara, and it's right. just all of his um, it's all of his his creatures like designs. He has little globes, mm-hmm. you know, formaldehyde right, jars right, right. with weird things in them, and and it's just stuff that he has. <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs> but not even that. It's like they found the um. My favorite part, actually, the part that made me tear up was. They found the magazine stand mm-hmm. that he used to go buy all those, you know, right. pulp yeah, stories yeah, yeah, and yeah, comic yeah. books. And they found it and they actually put it in the installation. You could just right. imagine. Oh, that's amazing. Child. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, and it was just, it was, yeah, it's, ha- it's wild. See, now you've given me homework because I realized I haven't seen Nightmare Alley yet. So I got to go watch that. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, you do. I got to go watch that. Can you imagine what it'd be like being at a dinner party at Benicio del Toro's house? 
where you're just like, uh, yeah, this is a great place. Do you, you need a drink? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just, okay, just go to the beer fridge downstairs. And the guy goes downstairs, and suddenly you just hear an, ah! It's like, not that fridge, the other one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you threw me off there because you said Benicio. <coughs> and I was so, like following that rhyme. No, no, no. Yeah. But I, yeah, I see what yeah. you By the way, I fuck them up nonstop. As soon as I... As soon as I see Guillermo, Benicio, I always Benicio mean Benicio. probably has a cool other fridge also. I don't oh, know. yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And that was just filled with donuts from uh, <laughs> uh, leaving uh, the Fear and Loathing Las Vegas set. Right. Um, ah, fuck. I just – by the way, I watched recently – if we're going to talk Benicio del Toro, um, mm-hmm. uh, the very problematic now uh, swimming with sharks. And he has a very small – it's – it it's very Kevin Spacey heavy, which is okay. why it's a little okay. But uh, it's still a great movie, still a great movie. And okay. if I'm not mistaken, it's on Tubi, so you can give it a look there for free. Okay, yeah, it's on what? I don't even know. Tubi, T U B I. Basically, it's a free movie service, and you get a few commercials in between. All right. Yeah. So basically, it's like watching AMC. Right. It's AMC with swears. Right. And what are they trying to sell you in the commercial breaks? Uh, well, okay. I don't know. Okay, so what was the last movie are I was watching? Like, like targeted specifically oh, to the here. I'll tell you this. This is what they're trying to sell me. And I don't know what the fuck this means. <laughs> I was watching Glengarry Glen Ross. Okay? Glengarry mm-hmm. Glen Ross. One of my favorite movies. It was on there. First commercial break, My Little Pony. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you you exist yeah. right at the Venn diagram I, of yeah. the intersection. I, they got your number. Yeah, <laughs> I went I went back into my iPhone and said, "Yeah, you know what? Let the apps talk to themselves and see, you know what what because this random shit isn't working for me. Just get, get you guys get together and figure out the shit. That's Jesus Christ! You're like um, do better algorithm. Yes. <laughs> Be more male. <laughs> Be more old guy. Um, all right. Your mosquito show. Give us the full title. What is it? Let's let's hear about this. Oriville Mosquito. It's a live essentially that we create on stage. There's 15 of us. Okay. Includes puppeteers, cinematographer, uh, live video edit. Uh, we have eight live cameras. We have okay. 75 puppets. We have 20 miniature sets. Right. And everything, and a string trio, and myself on piano, turntables, and, and you know, audio devices. Mm-hmm. And everything is performed, filmed, projected, scored, and foleyed in one take without stopping. Right. Yeah. So it just runs. If we do our job correctly, uh-huh. it just runs like a three-act silent film there's no dialogue right but there is music and um yeah we just cut from camera to camera to camera and uh it's a it's a show it's a lot of fun it's it's the most nerve-wracking is not the word but it's definitely the most you know complex like there's a lot of details that you have to um keep in mind as a performer in this show Mm -hmm. like i know one of our puppeteers has we call them a track so your track would mean okay you got to go to the photocopy shop you have to operate the mosquito's left arm make them open the photocopy machine and then right after that when we cut to the tabletop of what he's looking at right you have to run over here to this set 
and turn this light on so that we can cut to this shot right there. And meanwhile, you know, the music's kind of tying it all together. So like you were talking about the Newfonia thing, it was like every scene has its own little music cue. Yes. And I, I think for me, it's just, it's a really fun, exciting show to be a part of because we all have to really have this hive mind Uh and locked in like all of us on one surfboard type of situation. So I guess the the question is what fever dream did you wake up from and go, (laughs) I got it. it. (laughs) Like, was it bad clams? Was it? Yes. (laughs) I think, you know what? It was, it was, believe it or not. I think it was me being lazy. Yeah, that's, this this sounds okay. like something and a lazy me, man wait, would Let me do. explain this to yeah. you. Because Newfonia was the first time we tried this format of show. So right. 15 years after the book came out, we, we decided to uh, take it to the stage and do a live stage version of that, that graphic novel. And what happened was within the span of six months, I met um, Adrian Fung, who was part of the Afiara Quartet. He was the cellist. Right. He reached out to me randomly. He said, hey you know, we should do something. We should do a project together. It's like turntables meets chamber music and strings. And, you know, think about it. Right. And then, and then maybe a couple of weeks later, I met Felix Boisvert, who was our, our principal um, puppet uh, designer and puppeteer on, on Newfonia. Right. Similar. He said, let's do something, you know, DJ live puppetry thing. Right. And then I met KK Barrett, who is uh, was the director of that show, and he's he's you know production designer, director of Spike Jones, Sophia mm-hmm. Coppola, a lot of my favorite films. And um, he said, "Hey, let's do." You know, he he saw the Twelve Bit Blue show and he, mm-hmm. Vinyl Vaudeville, and he said, "Yeah, let's do something together." You know, some some sort of cinema turntable situation, right? And so me being you know trying to streamline, I said, oh, "Okay, well, I can't actually." think of three separate um projects so why don't we just like cram them all into one and see if that works and and honestly it was the most fun we've ever had kind of developing a show and so much fun so that we decided um to to keep going and develop a new show this Mm -hmm. one storyville mosquito and in fact our third one is already um in storyboard mode too because we're just having such a great time with them this format of show it's yeah. th- this is uh, ever since you're coming right even though like you're you're in ottawa you're yeah. gonna hitchhike toronto right when is it in toronto when are you in tio october 20th 21st and 22nd and 23rd that's okay. thursday friday saturday sunday we've got two shows on saturday there's a matinee sunday is also a matinee two o'clock but Thursday, Friday, Saturday are our evening shows. But let me know. I'll get you tickets. This is we will talk afterwards. All right. Even <laughs> you know, we'll we'll build like a, uh-huh. a glass dome or yeah. whatever some bubble sure. for, for you if you think. <laughs> right. <laughs> you still got two weeks to I got two okay. weeks. I got two weeks to get one line. I got one line <laughs> two weeks. Uh I guess this is a good time to apologize to the audio listener for everything. Hopefully Darcy can go through and just find it'll be easy when you see the ah that's me so just if you could take that out um i really have to learn and i and i think after the last show it sort of hit me that the attitude you need to bring to a kid koala show is when you open the door 
and you just kind of see the stage for what it is and it's empty and just you got to be ready for like just be able to go okay what like yeah. it's going to be that right like it's especially this one because the stage yes. isn't even empty you're gonna walk on and you're gonna see all the cameras you're gonna see sure. all the we built a little tiny city on the stage that's gorgeous and so and it's all lit with little leds uh-huh. all practically lit and stuff so it, it just looks like a city at night when you get to the theater right um but the fun that is the fun part so it's what what we're doing is being filmed and projected in real time yeah. so the screen above just re, just you know plays like a movie uh-huh. but at any point you can look down on the stage and see everybody scurrying around making that scene and that transition to the next scene happen beauty How's that camera moving? Yeah. How are they making it snow? All those things that like you can look at the stage and kind of finish that equation if you want. Some people just like to, you know, look at the screen and listen right. to the music and, no. and trust. But, but yeah, for the people, more technically minded people, I guess, mm-hmm. or, or people that are used to having these picture in picture kind of experiences. Right. Yeah. You can see kind of under the hood, the making of, you know. Now, is there is there a thought of like, if, if I go to this thing, can I actually buy the DVD of just what was what was on the screen. Like, have you thought of like kind of just doing that? Well, you know what we ha- we're just starting this tour. Uh-huh. Um, we haven't commit to one version of the show right. yet. The show actually um, adapts to whatever city we're in. Of course, it. So does. we'll add little. Yeah, some of our set builders are on tour with us yeah. as well. Stage managers are uh-huh. some of the set builders. So sometimes they'll say, hey, oh, okay, this is, we're in Toronto. Let's let's do a couple local right. nods and build them into the sets or, you know, uh-huh. and, and and it's super fun. I mean, exactly. That's, that's I learned that from watching stand-up, right. you know. They're always. <laughs> There's always the local joke. Local. <laughs> yeah. You bring it in somehow, it works. Oh, you're from Cornwall? I'll speak slowly. Uh <laughs> So I look forward. I look forward to seeing the Toronto show where the park has a whole bunch of garbage spilling out of it, and people can't use the bathrooms. And uh, Calgary is that, is that the scene now? <laughs> that's, that's the scene now. That's will that get a laugh? I'll build that. Oh yeah, do that. Honestly, yeah? do that. Oh, oh people are <laughs> livid. Know. Not You're gonna be like, I see what you did there. Not not to get into municipal politics at all, but like John Tory, because we're doing municipal elections right now in Ontario. Okay. Um. He put out an ad going, I love our parks. And like for like the past two years, the bathrooms have been locked. There's been no garbage uh, disposal oh, okay. at all. So they're overfilling. And the only thing they spent money on was uh, uh, millions on police forces to drive out 20 homeless people in tents. Like that's oh. that was where the money was spent. So uh. that's a nice cheery topic for you. Just put that right in there. Just you – know. <laughs> I, I suggest. I don't think I can put that. Right. I I suggest <laughs> what you do is do like a current storyline, but yeah. You should, what you should do for Calgary maybe. is do like a father of the bride contagion mashup. So you have this wedding party that's just wow. infecting everyone. <laughs> father <laughs> bride contagion mashup. <laughs> that I would watch that movie. Yeah. Right. But only with Martin Short as the wedding director. I don't want to see the Wait, Andy Garcia Conta- thing. Contagion was the one with Dustin Hoffman. No, that was um. What was the name of that one? Outbreak. 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 Oh right. Contagion was the Steven Soderbergh one. Soderbergh which, one, yes. Which, right. which, when you watch it, when if you were like me, you watch it like week three of the pandemic, and you went, okay. "Jesus fucking Christ!" Like, 
it was, was it well researched. It, yes, he he did okay. say the one thing that surprised me in all this because they went back and said you were pretty on the point. He goes, yeah, I wasn't ready for the anti vaxxers I wasn't ready for that. Yeah. <laughs> That's in there too. <coughs> My God, what a way to punctuate that point. <laughs> what a way. All you see is me doing <laughs> the audio is going to be for once the Patreon people are gonna go back to the audio to go, is he dying? Like I think he's dying. I think that's it. Um You know, I think the the, the Zoom uh <laughs> noise cancellation algorithm kicked in. I think so. And we didn't actually catch that fit. <laughs> oh, did really good. Beautiful. But it'll it'll hit the Zoom record, so now I'll have to take it out. Yes, it or will. I'll put some reverb on it and uh <laughs> actually I know what's gonna happen. Reverb. Uh, Eric's going to grab it and it's going to show up in the next album. (laughs) You know, oddly enough, on the topic of reverb and comedy, Uh we did a recording on uh, the Newphonia live show. Right. And um, we did a we did a mix where we tried to emulate the the sound of the audience laughing. Right. Well, they, they were in there, but we, we kind of spatialized the reverb to make okay. it feel like you were listening. And I said, something's wrong here. It's not as funny. It, you know, it was funnier in the room when I was there at that mm-hmm. show, obviously. And so we took it off the reverb mm-hmm. and it was much funnier. Right. And Vid Cousins, who was doing the mixes, he says, oh, yeah, you're right. That is like funnier when it's drier. Uh-huh. Isn't that yes. funny? Yeah. yeah. There's also dry comedy, too. I, oh, he's British also. Right. But... But regardless, it was like one of these things where there's there's this level of rebirth that's just funny. And then when you go past it, it's not yes. funny anymore. Uh, I love that your uh, sound mixer guy voice sounded exactly what I pictured the sound mixer guy voice to be. <laughs> <laughs> Every, oh, yeah, no, this isn't working. <laughs> yeah, it's got too much reverb. <laughs> we need cleaner sound. That's that's half the time whenever I mix with with in the studio, half the time it's it's not like, oh, how do we get more, you know, bass or low end or, right. or how do we make it hit harder? It's like, no, okay, what's funnier? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we right. were doing the master for the new album and it was it's mastered too loud. Let's try it a little quieter, it'll be funnier. And uh because there's a track where where one of the characters is just forgetting his password over and over again. Oh, you remember the beginning of the pandemic. Yes. Just, you had to sign up to, yeah, like uh-huh. this yeah. app or whatever and figure it, have a new path. So it was one of those things where we're just trying to get the level of the, the typewriter and the, all the sound like right. right. And when it was mastered, like, okay, this is mastered, you know, for, so it'll hold up next to whatever rock mm-hmm. song or whatever. Yeah. And it just wasn't as funny. Right. Write it down. Sometimes it's funnier to be under the industry standard of yes. Um, oh, trust me. Yes, I am. I am no stranger to don't being know what that. Maybe standard. you know. Do you know what it stands for? The what? What's the, the LUFS? LUFS. It's the loudness uh, quotient or something. I think that. But but now, like when you master for these streaming services and things, you're you're trying to get a target. Luffs loudness units relative to full scale. Exactly. <laughs> well, Eric, I I'm don't... saying sometimes when sometimes when we got to the actual industry standard mm-hmm. Luffs level, it yeah. wasn't as funny. 
Well, so then the master, I said, we got to just make it funny. Who cares? I think I know your problem. I know you know this. I'll just do it for Darcy's benefit. The the LUFS is, is the standardized measurement of audio loudness that factors human perception and electric uh, signal intensity altogether. So exactly. it's used to set targets for audio normalization and broadcast systems for like cinema, TV, radio, and uh, music streaming. So, you know, just off the yeah. top of my head. Yeah. <laughs> We've really gone off the rails in this. Yes. Finale. All right. Let's get out of <laughs> I here. I take all of this. I take all this audio. I pass it through something called the levelator. Yes. Oh, yeah. Great. Yeah. <laughs> and it Just goes. Drop it into the this, app and it goes. Yeah. Compresses it all. Right. Is there a knob? FM radio. Does it make <laughs> it funny? No knobs. No, no. no knobs. There is no controls. There is no knob. It is literally. Eric, it it's is a black box. It's a square box, and you drag okay. the file into it, and then it spits out the audio, and that's it. Oh, yeah. You get a Done. little like show there. Yeah. That's cool. Oh, and it's got like like you know like when you're listening to something on your phone, and it's got those equalizer uh, bands yeah. that that do nothing that have like, nothing just, to do with yeah the, exactly actually, yeah they have the exact same thing except it's sideways, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, but also doing nothing. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. Once we start getting into tech talk, that's the end of the episode. Okay. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, Eric, first of all, thank you for showing up. Uh, and I, I apologize. That's I was right. hacking my Always way through this. Uh, I am going to have some very strong words with the Life Brand cough syrup with codeine people because I'm feeling zero effects from either one of those equations. Um, uh, let's let's we'll we'll roll out now, but then you can hang out for a bit, and we'll say goodbye like proper people, and then we'll you know do the thing. Um, where do people find you online, and where do they get dates for the show, which is the Storyville Mosquito? Where do where do people find that? Okay, so any confirmed cities that we're we're going to will be at kidkoala.com slash tour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's simple, but, isn't it? Jeez. Very simple. Yes. Yeah. That's uh, where you'll find us in those cities uh-huh. <laughs> on those days. <laughs> are, you, are you on the socials? Are you on your Twitters and your Facebooks? Yes, Twitter is Kid Koala. Facebook is Kid Koala. Mm-hmm. Instagram is Real Kid Koala. There you, so someone fucking took that, didn't they? <laughs> Some son of a bitch. <laughs> um, and that, yeah, I think YouTube is okay. Kid Koala. Kid Koala. Have you got a TikTok yet? We got a TikTok. I thought that was for under 40s. Yeah. No. No one told me. You uh, got a TikTok? We got a TikTok. I got three. Oh, man. I, I got three. It. I got I got one for the podcast, which is actually Comedy by the Pub, because uh, someone stole CATP podcast. We're still... If 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 you're on TikTok, folks, and you're, you're there, find CATP podcast and report them so that we can get that handle back, because we're CATP podcast everywhere else. Um, I have a TikTok for Write Em Up, so I can drop in... You know some some clips of shows and stuff like that for uh, for that, and I have one for me that I use to really get under the skin of anti-vaxxers for some reason. That's that's all I do. Um, so that's that. Uh, Darcy, where do people find you? Uh, on Instagram, Monty and Darcy. That's it. Uh, hey, folks, as I mentioned, you can find all those all those uh, TikTokery things. Uh, you can find me personally at Hey It's TVA. Uh, shows are coming up once I shake this disease. Um, Hello. Hi, Depeche Mode. When did you show up? Um, listen, uh, you can go to heyitstva.com slash calendar. Took a note from Eric right there uh, for all my dates and details. Uh, and you can follow this very podcast at CATP Podcast. That's right, folks. Cat P. Um, if you're listening to the audio, I hope the coughs are gone. If not, I apologize. I got fucking COVID. Shut up. 
Uh, and if you're watching the video, thanks. Uh, and if you're not watching the video, go to patreon.com slash podcast. Sign up. You get bonus material every single goddamn week. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure you go and see the Storyville Mosquito with Eric, a.k.a. Kegawala. Now, as I'm trying to wrap out, I'm going to cough again. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> on behalf of Eric, the no longer Earthwell Darcy, and myself, when you listen to Cat Beat, you're in for a good time. Jimmy and Bobby, you're always the podcasts. Lately, lately, I find I rush. Can't piece together the sun and the sky of the spots on my face. 